Welcome to the Hustle or Bust podcast powered by Paver Art. Our mission is simple, to dive deep into the world of entrepreneurship, small business, and all the success, struggle, and challenges that need to be confronted in the pursuit of growth. We celebrate the entrepreneurial spirit, but perhaps most important, we want you to learn at least one idea that you can put into action immediately to make your investment in time worthwhile. Welcome to episode 23 of the Hustle or Bust podcast, the fight to build emotional connection. As small business owners, there's an age-old dilemma. How in the world do I compete and thrive against massive businesses with multi-billion dollar valuations? Well, superior service is one way. Another way? Build in a core base of rabid fans, customers with a true emotional connection to your brand, Through this episode, we talk through eight brands, four of which are multi-billion dollar brands, and four of the classic small businesses. We talk about how they converge and coexist in an incredibly noisy world and some tremendously creative strategies. We hope you enjoy and drop us a line with some feedback. It's the fight to build an emotional connection, and I think that's that's so apropos. Um, you know, we're, we're bombarded by brands every day. And what's interesting to me is those particular brands that rise above, of the, of the bazillion brands that are out there, those handful of brands that rise above all those other ones and are first in your mind and elicit the reaction that they elicit when the name is brought up, uh, the name of the company, the name of the brand, the name of the product, whatever it might be. The, um, I, now, I tagged it. It's nothing special about this, but I tagged it the brand tattoo. We're going to talk today about several large brands and how they affect you and I, and then we're going to try and bridge that to how a small, a small company that doesn't have millions and millions of dollars just to spend on supporting and building a brand, um, uh, how a small company might be able to uh, you know, expedite the brand that they have. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. That's a great term. Put that in quotation marks, yep. breakthrough. The, um, the brand tattoo, basically I define it as it's the, it's the imprint on your psyche that elicits a very, by the way, capital V in very, a very, very positive trigger response, and it moves you to action. Good it, definition. Whatever that, whatever that action is. Okay. Um, you can tell I'm. I'm t- I, I can't. I can't get it out fast enough. I'm so excited to talk about this subject. Give me an idea of a brand or two that just. Pulls the trigger for you. Out there in the universe. Uh, let's see. You know, for the longest time, it was Starbucks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about emotional connection or brand tattoos, right? Things that really, they stir the soul a little bit. Right. Not to get too poetic, but Starbucks was for a long time. Uh, Starbucks was not just the place I got coffee. Mm-hmm. For three and a half years before I went to work at a food company I was running, I would go there. They opened up at 5 a.m., so that was kind of unique. And I would have my, it wasn't meditation, but I would have my one hour dark outside, only two people in the shop, and I would kind of take notes on a day. To-do list, a little bit of reflection, 
had some relationships that I kind of met at that odd hour. Uh, shout out to Charlie over in Westfield, New Jersey. We uh, I met him. Talk about the Yankees. We had you know start to build some fr- friendships. So sure. Starbucks, by its very nature, become became kind of the adjacency of what created uh, relaxation, preparation, and a little bit of relationship building. So that's one that immediately came to mind. That's interesting because that now that's more than just a coffee connection. That's right. There's all this other stuff. It was the third place. That's tangentially important to that name, Starbucks. Yeah, coffee just happened to be what brought me in. But it was the ability to hang out for an hour at an important part of the day. You got to win the morning, I believe, in business. Gotcha. So to me, uh, the fact that it occupied that one hour a day, probably three days a week, maybe, mm-hmm. where I did important thinking and/or reflection, and just so happened to have coffee and a pumpkin bread, right? Uh, so it, it occupied an important part. Now that could have been any business, by the way, but sure. Starbucks filled that niche for me. So mm-hmm. the brand, by definition or by default, uh, created that emotional connection with me. Now. I don't have that in the past four years, but to answer your question honestly, Starbucks is the one that created an emotional connection with me. Gotcha. Um, for those reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of those reasons, by the way, are outside of the core product itself. It was the experience, not the product. That's the thing that's fascinating to me. But you're still getting a Starbucks cup of coffee. Right. That's right. Okay. I mean, that's what that's what, that's what what triggers it all. And oh, by the way... There's no, you know, there there isn't any other coffee slash donut shop that's going to elicit that kind of response for you. That's right. It's uh, that's really really unique. Well, at, at the end of the day, you also thought that the store. I mean, they better have a good cup of coffee. Sure. Okay. And the cup of coffee that you have was that's a the good price cup of admission. Of right. That that you know, great. Put write that down. Price of price admission. Price. Yeah, your product's got to be great. Admission. I think, and maybe that's what it is, this brand tattoo that you called it, or uh, emotional connection. Right. Product's got to be great. That's a given. That's the cost of entry. It's the experience and everything around the product that mm-hmm. creates that emotional bond, or it could be. That's one way I think about it. Gotcha. Well? The question for small business is, you're competing against multi-billion dollar companies for time and attention in a noisy world, mm-hmm. and how the hell do you do that? Well, experiences, emotional connection, that's what you're trying to fight for. Uh, but the product, first of all, the product's got to be product's got to be good. It's got to be stellar. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that that's what you need. Something that's going to differentiate you from all that other competitive noise. Right. That's you know squelching, you know, the noise that you want to make about your product. I'm, I'm, here's here's a little bit of a backdrop. What, what would give small businesses hope? You know. Last week, it rained for like, what did it rain? Four weeks in the Northeast or it's, four days consecutive? <laughs> it felt like four I, weeks. It was like four days consecutive of rain. So last weekend, we were getting the remnants mm. of the, the Florida hurricane, right? right? So I killed time on a Saturday like I normally do. And, and I stumbled across, it was an article on uh, Fortune puts out a list every year, the most admired companies. Um, so what I did, I looked at the most admired companies and I said, let's just randomly pick decades. So I did 1990 Fortune most admired companies. And I'm going off memory here, so this is directionally accurate. But in 1990, number one was like, it was Exxon, Shell, General Electric, mm-hmm. IBM. A lot of these old world oil-based uh, General Motors was on there. Ford was on there. Toyota was on there. Now let's move it Now let's move it forward a decade up until today. Well, in one decade, half of those companies <clears throat> fell off the list from 1990 to 2000. Yeah, that's fascinating. And in another decade... Yeah. Another half, so if you compare today's list, it's like Google, it's Amazon, it's Microsoft, 
Not one of the companies, I believe not one, maybe there was one, one of the companies on today's Fortune Most Admired Company list was consistent with 1990. They all fell off. Now think about it. These are companies with multi-billion dollar market caps, more resources than anybody. And in 1990 companies, half of them fell off in a decade mm-hmm. and none of them exist on today's list. There's your case for small business right there. That if the world's most powerful companies can't maintain a decade on the most admired companies, mm-hmm. then there's hope for everybody, right? And it's also hard to stay on top. Once you get on top to that list, staying on top is really hard. I think that's a podcast all unto itself. Right. Just staying, you know, maintaining, staying where you are, coming up with new ideas to stay, you know, that are just as enticing, that are going to keep you right where you are so that right. you're not dropping off. You want to hear a five below story? I want to hear a five below story. Let's talk about some big brands, right? And how, is, how does it relate to, uh, you know... Let's say it was six months ago, another rainy weekend. Rainy weekends are dangerous for me in terms of learning and figuring out what to do and how to wreak havoc. I'm listening to a five below earnings call and I'm, I'm studying their financials. You know, I review stocks, right? So I'm looking at different things. And they said something on the earnings call about marketing towards teenagers, which I was fascinated by because, you know, is there any more fickle audience where their tastes are changing sure. quicker than teenagers? And I got one right in the corner. The producer, Dominic Olivito, he was on the couch. Shout out number 102. 102. So I, I shout out. I'm in my wife's office. I said, Dom, you ever hear this company, Five Below? And he had an opinion on it. Oh, yeah, they do. Blah, 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 whatever it was. So I go on to Store Locator on Five Below's website. And lo and behold, there's one in Clark, New Jersey, right up the road from me, maybe four miles. Mm-hmm. I said, let's take a ride. I want to go see this store. So Dom and I get in the car. We go to Five Below. And we're walking up to it, battling the rain. Walking through the store, and I'm like, all right, I kind of get it. They're, you know, they're merchandised by different categories. So they had, uh, I think this was like the warm weather. So they had like a sun category, you know, mm-hmm. flip-flops, you know, apparel, bunch of t-shirts. And basically it was anything in five, $5 or Candy under. section. Candy section. They had all these uh, big bins of Nerf footballs, which was kind of cool. I mean, you know, I'm grabbing them. And I said, Dom, go deep. He's like, what does deep mean? <laughs> so, all right. So it's clearly Dom has never played touch football with his with his friends as they're behind their computers all day. So I'm thinking, go deep and we'll go knock over Nyla or something. So anyway, so we go, we're going through the whole thing and nothing grabbed my attention that I want to actually buy until I got to the front of the store. And there was a, remember those black and white tablets, composition notebooks, old school? Tablets is the word. Yep. The marble, pl- they were called marble, marble tablets. tablets. That's right. Yeah. And I'm a writer, right? So I love having at arm's length a legal pad or whatever it is, tablets. These son of a bitches were going for 25 cents. My eyes light up like a kid in a candy store. So I'm like, let me go get my phone out. I'm going to Google uh, the tablets, what they're going for. They're going for $1.25, $1.50. These things are 25 cents. I said, dumb. Mom's going to kill us. Let's buy like 100 of these things. So we're grabbing big old armfuls. And and I think they had a pallet of these. Things. They probably had three or 400 of them. We had to buy a hundred of them, and we live in a small, small thirteen hundred square foot house. We got no room. Four people. We're busting in the seams. Mom's gonna kill us. I know I'm gonna run into a rash of shit. So we we grab a hundred of them. We buy them, <laughs> and I'm like, let's make two trips. So we go home, and the the so we we gotta unload these in the house. Kim's about to beat my ass for buying them. What are you gonna do with all these things? We're gonna sell them on eBay, right? So I got my whole, and I could tell she's getting more and more pissed. So now the joy is coming through where I'm pissing Kim off, right? And in a funny sort of way, Dom, and I, Dom, let's go back. We're gonna we're gonna go buy out the lot. Now we never did. I forgot what it was, but I kind of had a regret of not buying every single one of them. We should have just jammed the car full of these things and, and buy them. So we're giving them to friends and we're using them for writing and all this stuff. So we we load up the house with the 
the five below composition, the 25 centers, and we're using them. And I can't even remember how we burned through them all. We never put them on eBay, by the way. We just used them for writing. So, but that was my first experience with five below. I was going to say, who cares how you burn through them? They were a quarter apiece. That's right. They're a quarter apiece, <laughs> right? So, all right. My first experience with five below, we're walking through. Nothing was over. I, I kind of remember the Nerf footballs. Didn't buy any. And I remember the fact that Dominic didn't know what Go Deep was, right? So that kind of stuck with me. Dominic's having fun. I'm having fun. And then we annoyed my wife right, by buying a bunch of these things. So, yeah, it was the 25. The buyer found a great deal on these things. And he put them out for sale, 25 cents. And, and that created the moment of my annoyed wife, me and Dominic, spending, whatever, a couple of hours on a Saturday, which is kind of unique, right? You know, sure. in a world that's busy, right? So the experience around just being associated with it, they had a great product and we bought a ton of it. That was my first experience with Five Below. Now, guess what I'm thinking every Saturday? Maybe we should go back to Five Below and figure out what they got. Let's do this again. We had fun. Let's do it again. So that's emotional connection. That's the start of an emotional connection, right? So that's kind of what I thought of. Um, you, you mentioned something, though, that's important and I think is going to come up again later in this episode, and that's the word experience. Mm-hmm. That's going to come up a lot. Please proceed. The, yeah, the, the experience was, like Starbucks, I met somebody at Starbucks. I'm going through my reflections. All that stuff that I was doing around Starbucks, mm-hmm. that was more beneficial than the actual cup of coffee, right? So that was the experience, right? So Five Below... Yeah, they got me with the, the 25 cent product. We bought a lot of it, but it was the reaction from Kim, spending time with Dominic, everything around it, and Five Below just happened to be the vessel where we actually gave the money to, right? Mm-hmm. Could have been any store, really, but the buyers did a hell of a job finding that product. We bought it, and now I'm looking to go back to see what's next to create an experience again. And they captured it. Now, if you don't have a buyer that finds a deal, by the way, we might have left the store. Not bought anything. It wouldn't have been as fun. It wouldn't have been as memorable. Mm -hmm. Because then all I got is the Nerf football and go deep and he didn't know what that was. That probably wouldn't have been enough. You got to have product. You got to have something breakthrough to create an actual transaction, I think. Don't know that because we're comparing something that didn't happen. But I think the fact that they had the merchandise at the moment of truth, they got us in the store because I was just bored on a Saturday listening to an earnings call. I wanted to go figure out what the chain was all about. But now I had a great time with my kid. Had fun with the wife, and now I want to go back there. So that's kind of what I think of with experience. If you don't, if you've got generic product and nothing unique, and we don't buy anything, not good enough. You, you got me into the store because I was curious. Yeah, but you got to be able to convert. Exactly. Now I'm sure Dom's impression of Five Below would be different than yours. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know. I don't know if that if there's a, a if the, if five below got the brand tattoo imprinted on him mm-hmm. but it certainly got imprinted on you right and this will not you will you will be visiting five below in the future and you, i'm sure you've visited five below well, since let me give you my second experience with five below now we're getting even more the first one was kind of a commodity based 25 cent tablets breakthrough price and we bought a shitload of them right <laughs> We'll do and a little show. And you're going to be the marble, right. the marble tablet right. magnet. So I'm the marble tablet of so North Jersey. Visit number two to five <laughs> below. This one was great. Visit number two uh, for the YouTube audience. You can see this. This is a sketch pad that is, I believe these are. Well, here it is, 18 inches. This is the double the size of a normal notepad. It's not that massive, by the way. It's a massive sketch pad. I'm looking at this. We're walking through five below, and I'm looking. I'm hoping to find the 25 cent tablets. They weren't there. So I'm like, all right. Well, what else did I got? We go into this section, and in my mind, again, I'm, I'm thinking about it through the lens of, I'm not a teenager, I'm thinking about it through the lens of a business owner. And they've got this section with massive sketch pads, big packs of multicolor pens, like 20 color pens in a, like these 
pack. So I bought that and I bought the sketch pad. Now, what are you going to do with the sketch pad? The, the answer is I had no freaking idea. But this thing is unique. It's big. So I open it up and I'm looking at what I'm writing on this thing. The first page, I've got a sketch of what the Hustle or Bust website is going to be redesigned to look like. And I'm going through this thing. And then I've got 90-day goals. And then I'm looking through it all. And then Let's Get to Work America, which was like the brick-by-brick brick thing that we're thinking about. It's like our first or second podcast. That's right, exactly. So I'm looking through this. This is all <clears throat> big stuff that I'm writing. So it hit me the other day. I was stressed out. You and I had a rough day or we, something was going on. And I'm like, whip, I'm stressed. So I'm looking at the topic and I'm kind of problem-solving, kind of like a therapeutic. When, when I get stressed, I start writing and trying to figure out how do you break down a problem, how do you identify it, how do you start developing solutions, and there's kind of like a stress-reducing element to that. And then I'm looking at this thing, and this is in the corner, in the kitchen, and I'm like, this freaking pad is creating a stress-reduction element for me in my life, and I'm looking at the writings, I'm like, this is pretty freaking cool. So Dom and I are staying at a hotel locally, and they had a Target. We're wandering through Target, and we're, we go to the stationery section, and they got a little packet of multicolored pens, right? But it wasn't a big packet of like 48 pens. So I'm like, now I'm now I'm comparing it to. And I'm looking for how are they, how is Target, multi-billion dollar cap company, they've got the multicolored pens. Okay, where's the sketch pad? They had no sketch pads. So now I'm thinking, all right, five below. They've I, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but they're looking at that category a little of different. Of course it's intentional. I, I gotta think it's intentional. Yeah. But I'm like, Target's a pretty big they gotta be bigger than five below. They're both publicly traded companies. <clears throat> but I'm like, isn't that interesting now? Now all of a sudden my consciousness is raised on sketch pads and creator and all this stuff. So anyway, this is pretty cool. The emotional connection here, I'm using this in a way. I'm not an artist. You won't find any drawings in here other than diagrams, right? Mm -hmm. But this I was using this to reduce stress. And five below is now the one that solved this problem. I didn't even know I had the problem, but five bucks for a sketch pad, three dollars for forty-eight pens. I'm in. I'm buying them. So transaction number two at five below. It's it's again. And I never knew this chain existed, by the way. Into I mean, I knew from you because you've got a family connection. Your brother, one of the co-founders of Paper Art, is an executive there. But I'm going there because I want to kind of learn about the chain and you know the teenager marketing. Sure. And but I'm the one getting value. So Dominic's not buying anything. You know, we're seeing iPhone covers, all the different things, but this is pretty cool. So I'm craving the Five Below experience. Anytime Dom's with me and we can go kill an hour or two, we're going to go see what's there. And, and two times they've converted on me. And that's, uh, well, it's a slam dunk. Now, think of, this, this freaking pad is five bucks. And I can't tell you, this thing might have saved a heart attack <laughs> in terms of my the benefit I got from it. So, yeah, that's show and tell number one. Now, we see each other three sometimes four days a week we're on the phone every day to each other mm -hmm. if you bring up the sketch pad one more time i quit <laughs> okay it's you can't stop talking about the sketch pad right uh you couldn't stop talking about the pens and and i'm of course i'm kidding but it's if you draw if that draws a um call it the loyalty quotient out of you to bring that up and be proactive in telling not just me but other people about a sketch pad, a $5 sketch pad, a 25-cent marble tablet, okay, that you had when you were in first and second grade doing your doing your cursive practicing, okay, right. for for writing letters and things like that. That's really strong. That's a, that's that's they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Whatever, whoever brought that, you know, I'm sure they spend millions of dollars on promoting the brand. 
Uh, but whatever it was, it hooked you. And um, do you think small? If you step back, Five Below, Target, all these big companies, I had the emotional connection with Five Below because that's where I bought it. Right. I think a small business is more well suited to establish that type of connection than the big one. Right. Or, or they're not at that much of a disadvantage. Let's let's that. let's dip our toe. In. Why don't we dip our toe in that right now? Yeah. Because you, you bring up an excellent point. How does that translate to a contractor, another small business, an entrepreneur who's decided, you know what, I can build these hardscapes. I know what I have to do. I've spent my time learning my trade and my craft. I can do this on my own. That experience is what builds your brand. It's that experience that makes that brand force that client to say something to their next door neighbor when or their, you know, their parents come over for a party. Oh my goodness, Bill, we're this is this is gorgeous. Who did this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's this this company called ABC Contracting. They're wonderful. They made it they just made it so great to work with and look with the finished pro- they get emotional about this kind of stuff. That's the that's some of the feedback we get from our clients at Payroll. It's the experience that builds the brand. You get one shot. You get one shot. Okay, five below with you got two shots. Okay, the first shot took. Mm-hmm. All right, the second shot just cinched it forever. But getting that, and by the way, how does that? What is it about that experience that makes that person get emotionally, con, you know, uh, connected with that that product that they're buying from you? Well, first of all, we don't call it a product. That's number one. Never call it a product, okay? This is a piece of art. It's in our name, Paver Art. You can't get a better name for a company Mm -hmm. when you're talking about describing what it is that you do. It's Paver Art. For the life of me, I can't remember who came up with it. It might have been been Mick, my brother, you know, the two of them arguing one day. said, it's going to be Paver Art. Uh, But the bottom line is, from the moment they call, what is it that you're looking to do? You know, Mrs. Smith. Oh, well, I'm interested in, uh, I'm interested in, I'm, you know, we're, we're building a backyard patio. I don't know anything about this. Can you talk to me a little bit about, I would love to talk to you about paver art. Let's talk a little bit about what you're looking to do. Let's talk about some colors. Let's talk about what design were you interested in. Have you been to the website? Are you in front of your computer? Let's walk through this. They become so involved in all the decisions of that project, that paver art portion of the project. Let's, let's that's, bring in, that's their piece. That we, piece that's on the ground becomes, it's not our piece, that becomes their piece. And <clears throat> and again, this isn't hocus pocus. And it also isn't just because we're nice people. It's because we love the product that we manufacture. And we know that when somebody, we, we have enough experiences now after 20 years we know that that client's going to love it too, yeah, and that's what that's what imprints that brand tattoo. Let, let's bring a small business in, a brand that I discovered, and let's tell, let's do another show and tell here. Uh, here's a brand that I came across online. This this blows me away. This is an interesting one, and by the way, this is uns- you know they don't know that we're doing this, but I came across this as a consumer uh, with an interest because this is an outdoor product. This is a brand called City Bonfires. It looks like it's a candle. It's an outdoor city bonfire. Gotcha. It's a portable. The packaging says the original portable fire pit. Right? The original 
portable fire pit. And it's got three to five hours of burn time. Hey, this thing is what, four inches or so? You, you, you light it, and you've got a portable fire pit. And from what I understand from their videos is that you can this thing can be burning. It burns three to five hours. Let's say I'm going out. I'm going to do spore, s'mores. It goes for an hour. You put the, the lid on it, and it puts the thing out, and you can reuse it. So that's pretty cool. I'm on their website. There's a couple of things that struck me about their website. Go on their website. they got the email sign-up. They've got a number of different products. Uh, this thing, I think I paid $20, $25 for it. Maybe it was 30 bucks. because I got the s'mores kit. Gotcha. Or that came with it. But pretty good experience. The story was interesting. This company is only two years old, from what I understand. Well, the story's right on the box. It, it started, they're made in Maryland. That's kind of cool. Yeah. This isn't coming from China. It's by two dads whose jobs were impacted by the pandemic. So let's just say they got fired. Two neighbors, from what I understand, they get together and then they create this product. Yeah. And within two years, this thing's blown up. It's all over the internet. Uh, they're, they're spending a lot of money, it looks like, on advertising. They moved from their garage into a 10,000 square feet warehouse. Intriguing, right? So I'm looking, number one, uh, you know, I'm thinking all the time, we sell products to the outdoor market, paper art. This thing, let's just say it's 25 bucks. This is an outdoor, uh, you can't use this indoors. This is an outdoor product. City bonfires. Fire pits are one of the common things in the outdoor market. So I got to buy one, right? So, and then I saw a press release on their website as I'm consuming their content, <laughs> learning about the dads. They got into Wegmans. I think it was like May, they had a press release. I'm like, cool, Wegmans is one of, you know, a lot of people know we Wegmans is one of the best food retailers in the country. Sure. Gorgeous stores. We'll tell a story about that in a minute. I go on, so I'm like, let me go look and see what kind of web presence on the Wegmans website. So I go on the Wegmans website. I type in City Bonfire. I want to see if it comes up. How good is their search engine? And it comes up. And they're selling these things for five bucks. I'm like, oh my God, how is it that much cheaper? Could they have made a fatal mistake and sold Wegmans that much cheaper than their own website? Now I'm thinking as a business person, I hope they didn't destroy their own brand by selling them that much cheaper. So first thing in my mind, is it the same product? Is it smaller? What? And I'm looking at it, and it's a picture of this box, and I'm looking at burnt. This can't be the same. And it said three to five hours of burn time. I'm like, oh my God. So I messaged the company, and I'm like, how could it be this this much cheaper? They, and they were pretty responsive. They got back, no, it's a mistake. Good. All right, good. It's a mistake. And honest mistakes happen. But I used to sell Wegmans and all these retailers all across the country. It could have been a mistake. But something in the back, my spidey sense was up a little bit, right? So fast forward a week. And we're having a stressful day. I'm working from North Jersey from home. And I decided to do a little five below action, but now with Wegmans. So I'm like, I call Kim up. We're FaceTiming. She's in our home office. I got to FaceTime with Kim in my own house. Oh, God. So, hey, Kim, you want to take a ride with me? This is not going to end well. So here's Kim. <laughs> Mark, take a ride with you. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Bad question. Our daughter has special needs. She's going. We're going through a guardianship thing with lawyers, and she's got to fill out like 35 forms on, you know, how do we do this with the lawyer? We got a Zoom call with the lawyers on Friday. So I made the mistake of asking Kim this question two days before the lawyer call, right? So I got educated on the 75 things that she's got to do to get ready for this call. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, oh boy, and she's just going on. I opened up the floodgate. Slight timeout. We all love Kim here at Big R, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> the floodgate is now open. So once we got through what she's got to do for the lawyer, she's got the food shopping list. And she's got all these 75 other things she's got to do. And then once that got done, she had to educate me on the other things I had to get done. And I'm like, I can't cut the phone off now. That's going to create a problem, right? <laughs> she goes, so finally, after about seven minutes of a download of all the things that she's got to do, all of which I'm not helping her with, by the way, all, she takes a deep breath. Where'd you want to go anyway? <laughs> well, I was thinking about taking a ride to Wegmans. 
dead silence on the other end. And we're I'm looking at her. She goes, Wegmans? <laughs> yeah, why? Well, he didn't tell me it was Wegmans. <laughs> right. So here we go. I'm like, Kim, you just gave me a rant for 15 minutes on all the stuff you got to do. Do you mean to tell me that that will all go to the side if we go to the Wegmans? Oh, yeah, it's Wegmans. <laughs> when do you want to go? I'm like, well, I got to get, I got to talk to Mike and I got to get a few things done. You want to go in like 20 minutes? Absolutely. I'll be ready. So I'm like, I hang up the, the FaceTime, right? And I'm like, man, that was something. I just got my ass whooped here. And she, But Wegmans cut through all of that. You think that's an emotional connection, right? So we get in the car, we go to Wegmans. And, and I've got one intent on my mind going to Wegmans, which is I want to see where this stuff, the city bonfires merchandise. And I want to see what the price point is. And I'm, I'm intrigued, right? Plus, I want to get her out of the house. And I kind of like Wegmans, too. It's a great food. If anyone's never been there, highly recommend a field trip. Get to Wegmans. Pull up, get a cup of coffee, beautiful cafe right in the front. The first thing we stumble in front of, in front of the cafe, cannoli chips. You ever hear of cannoli chips? Are you kidding? Of course I've heard of cannoli chips. Cannoli chips. So instead of a cannoli where you got the the hard shell with the regatta filling inside of it, they chop them up, make chips out of it, and then they have a canister of dip. It's kind of like nachos and cheese. Oh, my. I'm thinking, how freaking brilliant is this cannoli chips? It was like 18 bucks, too. Way overpriced. Mm. Of course, I got to buy one window. All right. Then we walking down the produce aisle. Did and you buy? Like, did you buy a hundred of them? Well, then we walked down a produce aisle, <laughs> and on top of the produce aisle, they got the sliced mozzarella, the package dinners, a whole aisle full of cannoli chips on top of the thing. Got to buy one of those, right? So we're walking through the store in pursuit of the city candle, right? And we're piling stuff in the cart. Oh, sliced mozzarella, nine ninety nine, way overpriced. We got to put that in the cart. I think mean, we might break a thousand dollars on this trip if we don't get out of here quick, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, roasted tomatoes, got to have roasted everything. Was like, oh, that looks good. We'll put that in the cart. Well, if you get the fresh mozzarella, you got to have the yeah. You right. Gotta so have the now we got to get the Italian bread, right? So I'm thinking about my sandwich, right? Olive oil. All right, we got the tomatoes. We got the prosciutto, thinly sliced, of course. And when they thinly slice it, they double the price. So, but it's worth it because it's thinly sliced. <laughs> so package after package going into this thing, and I'm like, I. We're going to set the over-under on this shopping cart at 500 bucks, and we're probably going to go over. So anyway, so we get to the, we got to get away from the perimeter of the store where all the perishables are. If we don't get out of the perimeter and into the center, we're going to spend, we're going to spend the next fortune, right? So we go to the center of the store, and we go down the aisle where the city bonfire is, right? So here it is, city bonfire, and I'm looking for 1999 because they said the price is that. That should sure. be the price, right. even though online it said like five or whatever, which was a mistake. So I get the city bonfire on a shelf next to all the citronella candles, all the outdoor type of stuff, and there was a yellow tag. It said five, I think it was five dollars and twenty-five cents or mm-hmm. five fifty-five, whatever. And I'm like, is it on sale? And it said clearance. So it was discontinued. Or at least that's what clearance implies. I want to get rid of the inventory to have something else fill the slot. Number one, so I take a picture of that and I sent it to the company. And there was like fifteen packages on the shelf. So what do you think I did? <laughs> Bought them all. I'll take care of. Now I know the value. There. If I pay twenty bucks and there's fifteen on a shelf that are now selling for, five, I'm gonna take every one of them. So sorry, no one got to experience this brand. But now I'm gonna give them out as gifts, and I got a hell of a deal, right? Now I'm now I'm starting to think, how can a small brand, in this case City Bonfire, whoever it is, they're on the shelf at one of the best merchandisers in the country, and they only gave them. I mean, we're we're talking October, May, June, July, August, six months, and they're doing clearance. How hard is it to build a small brand on the shelf of a re- big national retailer or semi-national re- retailer? And if that's if that's representative, I don't know if it is or not. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Obviously, it didn't sustain itself. If they, it's highly unusual for a $20 product to go all the way down to 
five bucks unless they want to clear out the inventory. Sure. So I felt bad for them on that piece, right? Um, so I started thinking, it's tough to build a brand at retail. What, 20 years ago, you had no choice, but you had to go to retail. Small brands now, they've got to go direct to the consumer, and they got to build it online through a site. Why on site? Because they can tell their story. They can do a video. They can create some little bit of brand loyalty like they did with me where I convert it, and I bought $20 worth of stuff, even though I saw this Wegmans thing, and I wanted to kind of see if, what, what's the deal here. So tough story. Well, Tough situation. Again, it goes back. Look, they just built a brand-new Wegmans up the street from me. And when Wegmans opens up, a brand new location. I mean, it's it's a it's a party. It's a party. There's a reason why you know five thousand people show up and fill the parking lot on that first day. They're not there to get buys. They're there to go to Wegmans. We have a new Wegmans, and they can't stop talking about it. You when you bridge that gap between. A multi-billion-dollar corporation, you know, uh, in a uh, uh, in a landscape company, landscape hardscape company, that's involved with, uh, you know, providing sales, service, installation, you know, technical information, uh, design guidance to an individual homeowner. You know, that that entrepreneur, that experience has got like. Just like she said, you're, oh, you're going to Wegmans. Oh, okay. She wants the Wegmans experience. Right. She's been there before. And there's nobody selling her on Wegmans. She experienced it herself. The store itself is what creates the brand. Okay? You're not going to create the brand online. You're not going to create the brand with a catalog. Right. You're going to create the brand in the 75,000 square at foot the brick box. and mortar right. store that you're going to walk into. That's never going to go away. What's interesting. Until she has a bad experience in Wegmans, which might taint it. But you know what? They're going to get the benefit of the doubt that one time. If it happens twice, you know, shame on me. But, but, but remember, the connection that for a small business person, that connection has got to be making that client enjoy that experience and get Needless to say, the product's got to be killer. That finished job has got to be right. You got to clean up when you're done. You got to do all these other things that make that experience 100% pleasurable for that client. And then that's how you. That's what's going to build your business. Word of mouth advertising. The um, you know uh, you know you're going to take that information and you're going to create a social media network showing everybody what you did. You're going to get them to talk about that. You're going to you're going to put that. You know you're going to you're going to maybe do a video and interview the client. You're talking if you're Wegmans. No, if you're I'm talking about a small business person. Okay. Okay. You you. But here's an example. That's how you create your the, the city bond. It did, and again, and I'm using this. If they're on clearance, this thing didn't survive there. At least in that store, if it's right. clearance, right? So, mm-hmm. unsuccessful attempt at marketing through Wegmans for this little brand. Sure. I'll give you another example. As we go through the end of the store. We go into this aisle, and you know what's coming, right? It's the stationary aisle. <laughs> They've got composite. They're selling composition notebooks. The black and white tablet, what I started with, with five below. Right. Guess what the price point was? I, I, a buck fifty nine. I was going to say it's got to be north of a dollar. Yeah, a buck yeah. fifty nine. So nothing special. And they only had like five of them on there. It wasn't merchandised on a pallet like five below had it. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm looking for the multicolor pens. Didn't find them. And now I'm looking for, and by the way, in a shelf, 
in a grocery store or any typical retailer, a shelf is typically four feet. The gondola, that's what they that's call it. That's not their, yeah, but you know, that's not their skew target. It's not. And they had no sketch know. pad. And they had no sketch. So no sketch pad, <laughs> no multicolored pens, a few composition tablets, all at $1.59. Yeah, Now I'm exactly. thinking, this is the greatest merchandiser in the history of the food retailing business, Wegmans, I believe. I've dealt with all food retailers all across, across the country. And what Five Below did with the sketch pad and the emotional connection uh, trumps what uh, Wegmans was Isn't for this category. Only it? eight feet. And Wegmans is a top-notch retailer. But the two learnings that I had leaving Wegmans, you know, we spent, by the way, we spent 350 bucks on all stuff we didn't need, from cannoli <laughs> chips to sliced mozzarella, all overpriced. And we felt great doing it. Uh, talk, talk about an indulgence. But City Bonfire is not going to survive there. They can't tell a story. And all they had was the shelf and a cheap price. I cleaned it out. And then the stationary category, nothing really grabbed me. Now, Wegmans is doing just fine. No sure. one's going to cry for Wegmans. Uh, and by the way, they're always one of the best places to work for, a food retailer in the country. They're always on Fortune's top 10 list of people to work for. Uh, so, but anyway, it got me thinking about, you know, this Brandon thing. Kim's got the emotional connection with Wegmans. She'll, she'll put away all that stress. If we're going to Wegmans, I'm there. <laughs> Uh, I've got it with a number of different brands I have, but building a brand through a big box store is really hard. One of the hardest things to do. I can imagine. You're competing with all these SKUs. I mean, really hard. <clears throat> well, again, that, and again, they're they're right out of the chute. They're only two years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, getting into that store and getting exposure big of any kind, it's a big accomplishment. It's, it, it really is. I mean, it really is. And kudos to them. We gotta have um, them. We should extend an invitation and, and oh, have them tell their own story. And oh, I, but, well, yeah. And oh, I'm sure I'm not way, representing the reality of what's going on, but it's an example. Part of my, you know, de-stressing and uh, kicking back is on the weekends, like on Saturday nights. Saturday nights my night. You know, that's Saturday nights and, and Sundays are kind of that's that's when I get an opportunity to do stuff with my wife. There's it's, it's my opportunity to kick back and enjoy a glass of wine. You know, in the summertime, I, I go outside Saturday night, put music on, uh, pour myself a little adult beverage. Um, that product I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. I will absolutely use that product. That product's going to go right. That's going to go right on that little table that I have. And you're going to light it up. going to get lit. Yep. Exactly. Now think about that night. You've got the little city bonfire on with mm-hmm. your adult beverage with your wife. That's a that becomes the opportunity to make that emotional connection with the brand. Right. Let's say it works, the product performs, and you've got two hours of burn time, and you have a great conversation. Maybe your neighbors come over, and they're all asking about this little thing called City Bonfire. And Talk by the way, they, and by the way, they do come, that's right. And by the way, they do come over. And oh, by the way, they're going to ask, "Well, what is that? Where, where did you get that? Oh, that's a City Bonfire." By the way, by the way, one of these little, you know, Saturday night clatches uh, was where I learned about the. Um, um, the no, what's that? Uh, it's the uh, uh, oh, smokeless fire pit. The smokeless fire pit. The solar stove. Yeah, solar exactly. Which which Brian I, had. He, he brought. He's in. got my hey, neighbor. He's, my neighbor had one, about it. and my, my my neighbor had one, and it's pretty cool. Okay, it's hey, you know we've got two examples with your neighbor and Brian. When they talk about this thing, they don't give you the five second talk. They're going to talk about it for a minute and a half. That's right. Exactly. I mean, what better when Brian's talking for a minute and a half about a fire pit? You don't think I'm listening? And oh, I when go. Brian's talking about anything for a minute and a half, <laughs> we're gonna go take a look at gonna, it. We're gonna take a look at it, and we're gonna we're gonna be interested because that's you know. Uh, but I, okay, we we've made some connections here to small business. 
What what you don't have though? What, let's go back to City Bonfire. Mm-hmm. When you and Bev and your neighbors are around having an adult beverage with this thing in the middle, right, or the solo stove, either one of them, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that story when you're looking at the shelf at Wegmans, on a or Target. It could be anywhere, Home Depot, and you see something, you're either going to buy it. All you're looking at is the packaging, the price point that's associated with it, and the box that you're in. You're in a Home Depot buying product X. Sure. You've got none of that emotional imagery, the experience around it. Now, if you see something online and you see adult couples around a little bonfire or whatever Videos, it is, yeah. now you've got a whole new sensory experience to try and bur- buy something and convert. Right. Well, when you told me about this product, I went. Im- I immediately went to the website. I'm not going to a Wegmans. Mm-hmm. In fact, at that point, I don't think we even knew that it was in Wegmans. That's right. But uh, I went to the website and was immediately bombarded with pictures and photo, I mean, just uh, videos of people enjoying themselves with this particular item. And before before five minutes was up, you're enveloped in this, you, you're starting to create in your own mind how you would use this particular product. You've already sold yourself. I already told myself, I'm going to get, I'm going to get right. five of these things. Okay. You know, for 20 bucks, you know, I'm going to get five. I'm going to give two to my, you know, I'm going to give two to my daughter, two to my son. You know, I'm going to keep one for myself and my wife, and we're going to try it out and see what it's all about. It's, it's amazing how that connection began. And by the way, the brand tattoo takes place at that moment. It's boom. It's right there. And anybody, if anybody ever brings up the, by the way, have you ever heard of this thing called, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, city bonfires? Oh, let me tell you about my experience with city bonfires. And most of the time, all these things are going to be positive. You've had to, you've, you've, you've expanded on and expounded on uh, several different stories about your, uh, about your branding experiences. One of my favorites, one of my favorites is Costco. Now, as soon as I say that name, I guarantee you, whoever's listening to this podcast, imagery comes there up. will be a certain specific number of them that are going to say, oh, I'm, I want to hear about his experience because they had, I'm sure, a similar experience. We've been going to Costco, my wife and I, for years. And, uh, you know, we, I can't remember when we joined, but it was a long time ago. And there's not many Costco stores. I mean, there's, a, there's enough. But we have to drive to get there. I mean, it's a it's a good twenty five minute drive just to get to, to this place, and it's mobbed. But what's interesting, the place is mobbed, but it never feels like it's mobbed. Right. It's just, again, experience. The experience in this store starts when you the first time you go there. You go, oh man, look at this line. It's a, the line goes. It's fine. In twenty eight seconds, you're in, man. It's not even that. You're in. Aisles are spacious. Big carts. Couldn't be more opposite from a Wegmans, by the way, in terms of the look and feel. Exactly. Absolutely. And they're both great. But you don't look, You don't feel like you're in a warehouse when you're at Costco. And again, I'm not here to shill for Costco. But it's an. Exp- this happened last weekend. My wife came in. <clears throat> She's going out of town for a week. And you know, I'm, I'm I just got finished eating breakfast, or I was mi- uh, almost finished eating breakfast, and I had the TV on. I was watching the game, looking for game scores and ball games. And she says, uh, "Look, I'm uh, I'm going to be leaving for Costco because they open at ten. I'm leaving for Costco. I'm sorry, nine. I'm leaving for Costco. Uh, you know, 
in about 20 minutes. I just need to know, you want me to pick you up anything? Why, what? You're going to Costco? Can I go with you? <laughs> now, she knew that was going to be the response. This right. is not the first time this has happened. Right. She knows that when, but she also knows that when I get to Costco, it's, uh, I'm putting this in the basket, I'm putting this in the basket, this is going in the basket. And those are not $8 rings. Those this. are a little higher. Look at Bev, they didn't have this here two months ago. Look at this. You got. Can you believe, and look all what you get for this price. It's, I have the, um, and she said, of course you can go. Because the, you got permission? now I'm driving. Okay, I'm the one. I'm the one that's driving down, and I know the I know the spiel. I know I know how to I know how to get in there. I know how to get out of there. I know. I went down every aisle, and I told her. I said, "This time when we go, can we stay long enough so that I can hit every aisle, every one, including the the vitamins aisle?" Okay. Uh, I want to hit every aisle while I'm there. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to just go there because of the, the 15 things we want to buy there, which, by the way, is tuna fish. Best cans of tuna I have ever experienced. I eat a lot of tuna. I work out. I lift. Great source of protein. Another sponsor that we're not... We, we don't, we're not, we're not getting paid from Costco, but we should be right now. But at the end of the day, this is one of the things that tattooed that brand in right. my mind. Yep. You know... And it's always on an end cap, all right. It's I'm I'm walking by, boom. I'm pulling two off and putting them in the, and going. And then I'm moving on to the next aisle. Then I'm going to buy three things in. It's it's such an experience to go there now. And every time I go there, there's something new. I'll never forget Treasure the time hunt. that I'll never forget the time that they built a wing for a liquor store. Now this is in Delaware. So in this, it's it's the Costco liquor store with wines. Now, my wife and I have had we've had a little bit of experience. My wife's got tons more experience with uh, with vineyard uh, tastings and things like that than I do. But the, um, the the limited number of times that I've gone, I've, I've 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 gained an appreciation of wine that I that heretofore I didn't have. I walk into this place, and there it's it's laid out like no liquor store you've ever been in wine related and there's one whole section of cabs that it's sonoma you know russian river uh, 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 napa i could go on and on and on you know paso robles you name it and everything that i like is there i can't get over this and oh by the way i'm you know i occasionally imbibe i'll have a uh you know, a, a shot or two of scotch. And they have a scotch brand there that I like, that I particularly glommed onto. It's $12 a bottle cheaper than at the greatest discount liquor store on the East Coast, which I, you know, I go to maybe once every six months. But the bottom line is, I can't not go to Costco. I have to go. For me, it's something akin to my grandson's going to Disney World. And let's, I'm, you know, let's tell the polar opposite because Costco's Costco, and again, another multi-billion-dollar thing. So we're talking about Wegmans and Costco. Totally, no one, no small business owner is going to rival them. You had a great story this week. Let's talk about the anti-Costco, that little place in Baltimore, the micro, the whiskey. He's trying oh, to sell. There's tell a, that story about that store because it's really odd. 
and I'm dying to go to that. St- and, and this is a classic small business. I will go the next time. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I, uh, um, as some, most people may not know, I'm from Baltimore. Okay, I know Baltimore pretty well. My whole family's from Baltimore. My mom's side, my dad's side, and you know, uh, I've got a lot of family, and my best friend are still living in Baltimore. And uh, you know, there's a section of there's a section in Baltimore called Dundalk, D-U-N-D-A-L-K, and it's commercial, industrial. It was a big, you know, it was a big port town years and years and years ago. I also like to listen to the Micro podcast. Okay, and on the Micro podcast, one day they were talking about um, they were talking about all sorts of things, but it, it morphed into a discussion about this place in Dundalk called Drug City. Now, I'm sorry, not a, not the most exciting. Um, it's that has such nowadays. I I can't believe that has such a negative connotation, and it shouldn't, right. but it does. Drug City. Did you go to the Drug City in Dundalk? No. You know, it's a, it's basically a drugstore. It's a pharmacy. But the story that Mike Rowe told was tied to his special, I think it's a bourbon, that, that uh, small, a small batch bourbon that... Uh, that he created. That and he created and he's selling. And this business, Drug City and Dundalk, the draw for this business, evidently, is their crab cakes. Now, everybody knows, if anybody knows anything about Baltimore... It's the fact that it is the crab cake capital of the world. I, you can't go anywhere and get a better crab cake than you can in Baltimore. Period. End of story. But now a drugstore is selling a crab cake? So A crab cake. Isn't that odd? It's, but, but again, look, a pharmacy is going to make their money because they're, they're selling what they sell. They sell drugs. Right. And they sell cold remedies. And they're going to have uh, you know, the, the accoutrements for you know, prosthetics and things like that. And... They basically capture the local people because it's convenient for them to go to that drugstore and get their, you know, get their prescriptions and things like that, and get the occasional coke or whatever it is they're going to, you know, a couple of flowers for their wife, that whatever. You're not going there for a crab cake, okay? You're just, you know, why is it? they've got the reputation that they have is it's the best crab cake in the city of the best crab cakes in the world. And an okay. off-the-wall place to get a crab cake. In Dundalk. Okay? This isn't Ricer's Town. Right. This isn't, you know, something, some place off of Liberty Road. It's fascinating. This isn't Hunt Valley. You know, this isn't the um, uh, the um, uh, the Inner Harbor. It's, you know, all those places that draw people to... This is inside info. Okay. Mike Rowe brings, I think he said had something at like four cases of his, uh, his small batch bourbon. And so they took them all because they have a tasting room. Where's the tasting? In the store. In the store. Drugs. It's, like, it's prescription, in the basement. Pres- prescription drugs. Best crab cakes in Baltimore. Awesome bourbon tastings. I mean, tasting. So either above the store talk or. Talk to me. I don't, if you're from Catonsville, which is a. 40-minute ride to get to this place in Dundalk, okay? And, uh, you know, back streets and roads to get there. You know, and not to, Look, it's... This is... You know, this ain't Hun Valley, Dundalk, okay? 
Uh, but the guy's also got expertise in whiskey and bourbons and all of this, right? Yeah. In the tasting room. Absolutely. So this is not like a wine tasting room. This is yeah. a bourbon tasting room. Bingo. At a drugstore that sells crab cakes. That is so... That, that is small business at its finest, I think. And i, I got to tell you, branding, look, everybody's got their... Everybody's By the way, there's gonna, no Madison Avenue, New York City brand consulting group that's going to go to that business zero. and say, here's what you should do. Yeah. Offer up a crab cake. I'll tell you what. I you can should ex- build a tasting room. Your, you are not coming up business. with that strategy. You know why they're you know why they're successful? Because people are not going there to get their prescription drugs from, you know, from uh, uh, from Hunt Valley, Catonsville, Liberty, whatever, wherever they're coming from, Parkville, Kearney, they're not coming there to get their prescription drugs. How, how close they're coming you? there to get. They're coming there because it's an experience. And by the way, the next time I go down there to see my family or go down there to see my best friend. That's exactly what we're going to do. How close do you think a CVS or Walgreens is to that store? Oh my! You, you got to think it's can't be more than they're a mile. everywhere. They're, they're ten thousand stores each. They're everywhere. They got to be right around the corner. It's. Uh, do you think a CVS or a Walgreens? I'm going to Drug City. Uh, period. Well, here's the story. question for you: If you you're a drugstore, you got to compete with. The, you got to be sensitive somewhat to the CVS and Walgreens. Right. Do you think in their boardrooms and their decision making process, why don't we come up with a crab cake? <laughs> They, they, they'd be fired. That, you get thing. fired. Absolutely you would. Get that'd fired. be the last thing on their mind. What's what? wrong? What, what happened? What happened to Olivito? Hey. Is he having problems at home? Here's the chief merchandising officer for Walgreens. <laughs> He's going to come in. Hey, why don't we come up with a bourbon tasting room? <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? Oh, my God. It's Now, this guy, wouldn't you love to meet the owner? We got another one we got to get on the podcast, by the way. Let's find out that guy, see if he wants to come on and talk. I How would, in the world I would love to. does a oh drugstore in, what is it, Dun- Dundalk? Dundalk. Dundalk. How does he come up with the idea for a? Br- I'm just. I want to. Do they have a leather chair in there? Is, are they smoking cigars? What does that look like? I am now intrigued. I want to take a field trip there to see what that. But know. the Walgreens guy is not thinking about bourbon tasting room. He's not thinking about a crab cake. And this guy just does it. And he's got a. Now the. He said it was a great crab cake, right? He said it's the best crab cake. So they're not fucking around with Baltimore. crab cakes. No. No. This is the, the crab cake capital of the world, and that's the best crab cake in a drugstore. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Now, that gives you faith for a small business owner. This is, it's, that's, it gives you more than faith. It, give, it, 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 it promises you that if you there's do a way. the right, there, not only is there a way, but there's, there's a map that's easily attained How to, do you, now, to get to that. Now, I, I will grant you it's off the wall, okay? But don't you have to be off the wall if you're in Dundalk? That's it. You've got to be off the wall. Now, look, okay. look, let's just say Dundalk, if you draw a two-mile radius of pharmacies, there mm-hmm. might be 10 of them. I don't, Or there might be, there's more than one. Not for sure. Because there's 10,000 Walgreens, 10,000, there's a lot of these stores. Oh, yeah. And then there's independence, but change dominated, I got to think, yeah. in the world of pharmacy. If I'm going to say which one's earning the most money, profit, revenue, it's got to be that store. Or they got to be competing very well. Now, the fact that they've got, no one's talking about the Walgreens in Dundalk, right? No. They're talking about this store. No, that's exactly right. And again, how do you come up as a small business owner? I have no idea how he came up with, let's do a crab cake. Let's do a tasting room. And now you got Roe. That's why we have to find out. Oh, and, and now you got Mike Rowe, a person, national personality that puts his liquor in there. Who was born and raised There's a connection in the there. Baltimore area. Exactly. So, it's look, at the end of the day, Baltimore's taken a beating mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. Okay? And... You know, in maybe some cases, rightfully so, but in many cases, not rightfully so. 
and I will defend, uh, you know, my birthplace till the day I die. It's a great town. It really, really is a great town that has weathered quite a few storms. And there may be more. And they're weathering some right now. But I'm telling you, and by the way, I have had more crab cakes than anybody you've ever met. Okay? So I, I grew opinion, up on crab cakes. Right. My grandmother, arguably, my grandma Bull, my dad's mom, uh, arguably, arguably made what I thought was the best crab cake on the planet. You've got an opinion that's informed on that topic. I have. I, hers was, hers is definitely in the top five. My wife's is in the top five. My wife makes a great crab cake. Period. End of story. Um, and everybody that you talk to, every individual that you talk to in Baltimore will tell you, oh, no, you got to go over here. This guy's got the best. This bar over here's got the best crab cake. And this but if you're in this one made a national podcast <laughs> right. that has three million people listening to it, and they heard them say, "Oh, Drug City's got the best crab cake." What? What is Drug City? Oh, it's a pharmacy. Okay, <laughs> it's totally. Ooh, that's so eccentric. You gotta go. You, you gotta go. So anyway, look that that is the Costco story. The Wegmans story. The problem with talking about Costco and Wegmans is that they're Costco and Wegmans. Yeah, right. These are true. multi-billion-dollar companies. I want to know about the drugstore. I want to know how in the Drug world when you're selling prescriptions. Drug City. How do you come up with a crab cake and say, that's the category I'm going after? And then how do you how do you develop? Maybe the guy just likes scotch and whiskey and bourbon and said, let's Maybe. create a tasting room. Maybe. But that's a that's a breakthrough idea. And, and if I had to guess, and I'd love to have him on, but if I had to guess, he just likes bourbon and wants to provide an area where people can taste it might be that simple. Maybe the case. It's actually brilliant because Walgreens and CBS won't do it. No, they can't. Well, it's it's they can. And look, in, in in their defense, that's not their. That would be definitely getting out of their lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the uh, uh, I, I just if you take anything, if anybody takes anything away from this, and oh by the way, I can say the same thing about my neighbor's business. Okay, my neighbor has done. Put, he's done all my windows. He's done all my doors. Uh, it's not mine. My, my wife's and my doors and windows, the roof on my house, the siding on my house, and every job has been perfect. Every job has been perfect. That is their brand. Okay, uh, the name of the company is called Homecraft. That is their brand. Uh, it's my buddy, good friend, very good friend, Paul Casula. And if anybody asks me, my sister, my sister Karen actually brought it up one day. She said, Mike, I got, I'm having some problems with my, call Paul. You call my next door neighbor. Now, I'm not saying call him because he's my next door neighbor and I know him and I want to funnel some business in his, his way. I know he's going to take care of her, okay? He's going to make that experience a pleasurable one for her. They're not going to, she's not going to have any problems. And she can be very, you know, very picky about the jobs that she gets. She wants them to be done right. And she's, she worries about that kind of that thing. That she should. He will disarm that. That's his brand. That is his brand. And he's, look, windows, siding, roofs, entranceways. There's a ton of competition for that business. What sets him off to the side is the quality of the work that he does. That's a small business. That's a small business. Right. He's on, he's on a, um, uh, the same plane, maybe slightly larger than us, maybe a little bit larger than, uh, than us. 
um, in terms of sales, yearly sales. But at the at the same time, uh, that's now. By the way, been in business thirty plus years. Well, I think longevity is important. But, but you but you build that reputation from day one because if you don't, that's right. You're not going to be around day two. That's period. Just put all that other stuff out of your head. You got to get the job done right. I the think first product time. quality is your cost of entry. If he goes on a job and he botches something up and he doesn't fix it, or mistakes happen, right? How are you going to respond to mistakes? Are you going to be quick? Your quality is absolutely. What critical. did you say before? You said that that's the price of admission. It's the price. Of, it's the cost of entry. Exactly. Product quality, so. but it's not enough. I don't think. I think you need a story that's genuine, that's apart from the multi-billion-dollar companies. I think that's important. The guys in Maryland, they got laid off in the pandemic. All right, you got me. I want to learn more. Let's see what the product looks like. How is it? Does it create an experience? Uh, the drugstore. All right, it's a drugstore. There's a gazillion drugstores. Yeah. Why do I care? All right, it's independent. Maybe I care a little bit more. Unique product, crab cake, a tasting room. Yeah, I want to kind of learn more. Let, let me see. Let me go touch and feel that business, right? So you need a story. You need something unique, I think. All those elements have to kind of, and then there's a product and all that experience does it kind of deliver and exceed your expectations. What I can tell you is if you go to get your prescription filled mm-hmm. at this independent and you have a crab cake and maybe you go look at that that tasting room just to check it out, you're not going back to Walgreens, I don't think, not unless you, there's a reason Not to. if you have any choice. That's exactly right. That what gives I, you hope. What, I, you tell you about the t- what I tell you about the tuna and Costco. Right. If I'm in Florida and I can't find a Costco. So you're not going to buy the national brand. No, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? Right. I I'll find something else to eat. Okay. Right. <laughs> but I'm not, it's gotta be that brand. And this is not just about brand loyalty. It's about the experience that that company created for me when I went to that store. Okay. And um, uh, it's look. There's retail companies that are suffering terribly, and have been suffering terribly because of the. You know, a lot of people buy their stuff online now, but they've been suffering suffering terribly for the last 10, 12 years, and it's been it's been tough for them. The hardest part, I think, but, though, you is know. You, if you're a small brand that has retail distribution or you're selling through online and or retail, mm-hmm. you have. I've got a lot of people that come to me how to launch a brand at retail. Where twenty again, twenty years ago, you had to get it through retail distribution. You're fr- and by the way, retail distribution comes with something ugly called slotting dollars. You got to make payments to get on the shelf. In a lot of retailers, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Walmart doesn't charge it. There's retailers that don't charge it. But brands burn up tons of money paying slotting dollars when they haven't even built a brand. And what retailers will do is they will discontinue you after less than six months if you're not meeting their velocity sales targets. That's the worst thing that you can do to a company. You've, you first got to build a brand and an experience by going direct to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have the retail. you got to build a strong enough brand where the retailers come to you and say, I want to bring you in. And you don't have to pay for slotting. That's interesting. So there is way too much bias still. We're in 2022, and brands still want to get into retail as their first course of action. Worst thing they could do. really is. You've got to build a brand first, prove out your product, do it online, go direct to consumers. You you drive around any neighborhood in a country now, and you look at the houses, you see boxes on every freaking doorstep. Yeah. It's common now. You're buying, like, I don't know what percentage of people. That's exactly right. They're coming. You see boxes loaded up on every doorstep. People want to buy online and have it delivered. You know, it's. Uh, I'd be scared to death if I was a retailer, by the way, seeing that, too. I, I, I think we probably, uh, we're, we're getting to the point where we're going to be wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to say, and again, 
we don't we're not here to promote paver art but paver art is our vehicle okay so and it's and it's where our experiences are experienced it's where we you know uh, we get to share with the audience some of the things that we've done and had to do here and some of the things we've been successful with and some of the things we've not been successful with and hopefully they'll they can take something away from this one of the experiences of living in this part of the United States is going down the shore, okay? And that's the term, going down the shore. Right. Uh, we're going to go to the beach, you know, Stone Harbor, Sea Isle City, Atlantic City, Margate. Seaside Heights. Seaside Heights, uh, you know, Wildwood, wherever it is that you're going, Avalon. And my wife and I still try to do that from time to time, Um we used to, I used to do it a lot, and we did it a lot when we were first married. The kids were young. But um, whenever I get a chance to go down there, I, I, love dri- I love to drive around. But I love to drive around for one reason and one reason only. I'm looking for paver art. Oh, God. Okay. It's, and it's what's, a thrill. what's really interesting is that a lot of the paver art that's down there is in driveways, which you can see as you're driving down the road. And I don't care what town you're in, if you take an hour or 45 minutes and just drive around that town, you're going to find three pieces of paver art, minimum. And the experiences that we've had with our clients is that they'll call us back and they'll... I'll tell you my short story. They they may want to get one for their house. But this, this cinches the branding thing, the whole branding ideal for me. They'll call us and tell us, you know, people walk by our house and they'll stop. And if I'm out there watering up plants or something like that, the, you know, the, these folks will ask me, says, where did you get that? That's so beautiful. That's, that's really, really nice. Very unique. I've never seen that before. When that client tells me that, it just, I can't wait to come back to work the next Look, morning. Look, my, my, uh, my sure story. That's the brand. Yeah, late August, Dominic and I are driving around. We, we uh, went to Ortley Beach right by Seaside Heights. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, Seaside Heights, we sold Linda G, the lighthouse, in her driveway. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. So we, Dominic and I, I punch in QuickBooks, get her address. Dominic and I drive by. It was like a 15-minute bike ride. We go to the house and we want to take some pictures of the installed. There it is. Beautiful home. Three blocks, or stone's throw from the ocean, right? And we're looking at it, and we're taking pictures, and we're, we're taking a little, quick little video. And then there's the husband in the driveway. He's looking like, who are these creepy people taking pictures <laughs> of the of the driveway? What's going on? I said, Mr. G. Don't want to use the full name. He comes out. We start having this conversation, and then Linda comes out. Beautiful couple, right? And they're talking about how their niece helped design it and changed the look of the lighthouse, and we're talking on. And they were going to a party and an engagement, but you could just see they were lit up. And I'm like, and I thank them for the Google. They gave us a five-star Google review. We're beautiful pictures. Design looks great. And I'm like, how cool is this? And the same thing. They're talking about all the people that walk by. They kind of stop. They look at it. It's a piece of art in their driveway. It's disruptive. It's unique. And we're talking about the whole thing. I'm like, that's what it's all about. They're going to come home every night. They're going to look at that. And they might not look at it directly and say, I love that piece. But it's art. You walk by art and you kind of feel a little bit better. There's an emotional connection there. That's the goal for people when they're building a business. That's what they want—an emotion. That's you're stealing my thunder. That's exactly what they should be shooting for. These people on city—it's not easy. It's hard work. You've got to, and you got to capture that moment somehow and tell people about it. So when you have that adult night with the adult beverage and the city bonfire or whatever, the crab cake at the drugstore, 
you've got to be thinking that's pretty cool. You got to be able as a business owner, you got to capture that emotion somehow, bottle it, package it, and then tell the world about it in a unique, uh, credible way. That's you can't. A, by the way, you can't manufacture any of this emotion. It's either there or it isn't. It, it, exactly. That's how you build. And by the way, that's how you build your brand. And you keep you continue to build your brand every day. You and come it, to I, work. I think it comes down to lighthouse by lighthouse, crab cake by crab cake. It's got to be right. You got to get it right, and you got to capture that experience. I I think you've tied this up in a very nice, neat little bow. Well done, Mr. Alavito. Well, thank you. And well done, Dominic. Shout out number one oh three, I believe. I think it's one oh three to our producer Dominic. Um, and please, if you have any any input at all, or any brands we should look at, to, or brands that we should to look study at, a little bit, uh, we would be very very interested in hearing what anybody out there has to say about this podcast and any brands that they've experienced that they that they truly truly like. So, thank you very much. Everybody have a great weekend. Good job. Thank you.